possibly bleak as this. What's up, everyone, and welcome back to Box to Box. My name is Harry Hicks, and I am joined, as always, by Thomas McKeon and Max Botcher. Gentlemen, welcome to the podcast. Hi. We're in the void. A little bit of a, little bit of a different episode this week. Um, we were all at home. Uh, Max was feeling a little bit under the weather, under the weather but um, Max, I hope you're doing well from the floor. I know. I want to keep everyone uh, healthy and safe, um, <laughs> but I did test negative. Very considerate. So no worries. No worries. That's good. Um, before we jump into things today, I just wanted to give a little update uh, to everyone on where box to box is at and what we're doing these days. Um, so we have our podcast here, um, and we'll keep coming out with that every single week. Um, and we release those podcast episodes on Fridays uh, on Spotify and YouTube. Now, along with our podcast, which is what we started out with, uh, we're also producing a lot of other content these days. Um, we have Max making some TikToks for, for us. Uh, Tommy and I usually handle the Instagram and put out some stuff on there. Um, and then that all leaks into the Twitter. So um, whatever platform you're on, um, please check us out because we have a lot of good stuff coming out. Um, a lot of stuff that we think is pretty cool um, and hope you do as well. So please um, check out these different different options and different channels uh, and keep up the support because we are very, very, very appreciative for all of that. Um, with that being said, uh, let's get into today's episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let's do it. All right, well, what do you guys want to talk about? We can start off with uh, Champions League, I guess, was an ample place to start. Um, I think that we should just start off with the the kicker. Um, Man City versus Real Madrid yesterday. Uh, Man City scoring four, uh, Real Madrid scoring three. Um, any first impressions? What a game. This Honestly, City should have... This could have been like 7-3. 6-7-3, honestly. Um, they it should have so been like 7-0. Yeah, I mean, you had the penalty and then a, like a no-look finish from Benzema, which was ridiculous. Um, but City just missed so many chances in the first half. Like the Foden one, amazing pass from De Bruyne. Um... But Mara's had a couple too. Yeah, Mara's where he should have honestly passed over, but yeah, City City should have been a little more clinical, I felt like, and they kinda let Madrid get back into the game in the second half, and now it's gonna be a interesting return game in Madrid. So City and knockout games, I feel like <clears throat> are crazy. So Yeah, kinda up there. But I was saying I feel like it should have been almost zero because the Yes, Madrid had their chances, but most of, um, mostly they didn't have chances. You know, there wasn't that many quality chances. Um, I think that Vinicius chance was really the best, uh, best one. Um, but also he was ran fifty yards to make that goal happen. So mm-hmm. should have been locked down by City. And I think they'll, I think they'll come away pretty disappointed from this result. Um, first off, that they didn't score more, but also that they let three goals past them. Um, yes, the penalty can happen, but. Benzema's first goal was just possible because um, he's Benzema. Mm-hmm. Um, and the form he's in, even with Zinchenko defending seemingly very well, 
Um, Benzema was still able to get it, uh, get it past Ederson. And then, like I said, that Vinicius goal was a little weird. Um, I felt like someone should have kind of came across to cover it. Um, for those of you who didn't watch, Vinicius basically picked up the ball at the halfway point on a breakaway and was able to run all the way into the six-yard box and take a shot, which um, seems like either Ederson should have come out a little bit more or um, I think it was Laporte or, no, I guess it was John Stones probably, um, should have come across. So it was a little bit odd. Um, I think Pep will be pretty frustrated that that was able to happen. Yes, yeah. I think Real Madrid came out and they had the game plan of creating <clears throat> chaos. And while um, City might be def- like upset of themselves for not scoring more, they also put out away some insane chances, like that Bernardo Silva finish, top ins near, near, near posts. That was a pretty insane finish. Also, they got pretty lucky with that um, Jesus goal where Alaba kind of just like um, muffed the clearance. And Alaba came came off um, a few minutes later with an injury. So I think that was a little lucky on City's part. So while you may look at it and see they should have been 7-0, 7-0 up, they very much well could have been um, 2-2 or... 3-2 uh, loss in that game. Um, I think Benzema, there's like how Real plays nowadays, they are banking on Benzema and Vinicius to score some crazy goals because they didn't look that great. Um, I've seen teams play Manchester City a lot better. We saw Liverpool play much better um, a few weeks ago. But in terms of the players they have on the pitch, um, and the kind of personalities they have, this is the way to go, and um, it's fun. It's honestly just like a good time to watch them try to create some chaos and score some goals from like half chances basically every single time. Yeah, I agree with that um, 110%. Um, I'm interested to see who do you guys think has the maybe momentum going into uh, the second leg next week? Madrid, I think. I think, I think even because I, City played the better game, right? City played the they better had more game. More chances, but I think City is more so disappointed that they didn't play better, and I think Madrid is happy to be one one within one, and two they're heading back to their home stadium with their fans, and I think what Madrid has shown over and over this this whole Champions League um, season and past seasons is. They're so comfortable from coming from behind. They're never going to give up. And, I mean, like, Benzema, there's just, like, so many fighters on that team. And I think that's something that, since Vincent Company has left Manchester City, City really hasn't had that type of vocal leader. The only other person I can really say is Fernandinho, and he's not really a starter. Um, I mean, their captain is De Bruyne, and while he's an incredible player... Um, I don't think he really comes close to those types of vocal leaders that you need on a team. And I think that's honestly why they struggle in some of these big games is, um, you know, when things aren't going their way um, or if they're not, they're kind of in a lull. I mean, like even in the second half, right off of halftime, they weren't nearly as successful or as strong as they were in the first half. Um, And I think they're going to struggle in this away game uh, against Madrid too. And I think Madrid know that, so... Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And I think that is, um, this is just like an interesting <clears throat> maybe side point, but um, their team captain is Fernandinho, but 
since he never plays, the on-the-field captain is usually De Bruyne. Um, so that was just kind of an interesting thing that happens when you still have a player that's still so impactful in Fernandinho um, that he still is the captain, but because he's not good enough these days, because um, he is a little bit older, but he, doesn't ha- he can't have that impact on the pitch. So that was just kind of a little interesting um, thing that I haven't really thought about just when a captain gets a bit older, um, how that voice can fade a little bit. Uh, but Max, yeah, I think I agree with you. I think, um, I think not only do Madrid feel lucky to be in the position that they're in, um, and they feel inspired by their previous games this season in the Champions League, but also Manchester City feel disappointed. Um, I would imagine they were hoping to come away from that, the way they were playing, uh, like we said, up by quite a couple goals, uh, or quite a few goals, and now they're only up by one. Um, and so I think that disappointment can be a little daunting, especially when they look back on what Real Madrid has done this season. Um, and Real Madrid, honestly, have really impressed me. And they've gone, you know, basically this whole Champions League run, I've looked at every match of them and been like, okay, I don't really know if they can get through. Um, you know, I don't know how good of a team they are. And they just keep making it happen. Um, and I really think that is credit to Karim Benzema. And I think um, City will definitely um, kind of feel Benzema over their shoulder and uh, kind of breathing down their neck, ready to ready to take the, take the win and move on to the next stage. Yeah. I mean, I'm interested to see how City's going to, like, line up next game. Are they going to try to score goals? Or are they going to try to p- preserve a 1-0 lead over Madrid? I think that's going to be interesting. I don't think that's in City's repertoire. I honestly think <laughs> City have this. I think the amount of heroic actions it took for Real Madrid to lose by one is going to be pretty hard to replicate to beat Man City by one in order to um, force an overtime or an extra time. So I think it's a a pretty much an impossible task unless um, Benzema goes absolute God mode. You know, it's... I think it's well, going to be tough. One thing that I'm curious to see is if Casemiro starts next game, because I do think him having him in the midfield um, would have totally changed the game because they didn't really have a defensive midfielder, basically. I mean, I think uh, Tony Cruz was playing as that deeper role. Um, and he just doesn't have the defensive ability or the defensive work rate that Benzema or that uh, Casemiro does. Mm-hmm. So I think if he's fully fit, that totally changes the game because the not only is the midfield more controlled, but also the defenders kind of have that extra wall in front of them and can seemingly position themselves a little bit better. Um, so I think him starting next game will be interesting. Um, I also don't know the status of uh, Jao Cancelo or someone else was injured for City. I forget who. Uh, I mean, no Kyle Walker, no Zhao, but I, I thought no it was Kyle because Walker, yeah. I thought it was because they were on yellows, but I'm not sure. Um, Could be. But yeah, that'll be interesting. Um, yeah, there. One thing that I, when I watch Madrid play, they have nothing going on the right side. I mean, Valverde, in, within the first twenty five minutes, once City got that first goal right away, and then they were getting a bunch of chances. You saw Valverde, who's really playing their right winger, like just drop in because they needed more defensive help. But all mm-hmm. game, it's Vin. Their offense is Vinny and Benzema, and just like the left side the whole time, tossing crosses. 
things like that, there's nothing going on the right side, which is um, unfortunate. You could put in a bail, yeah. like, right there, you know? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Uh, well, I agree. I mean, I think that right side is interesting. Um, obviously, I think they're hoping to fill uh, Mbappe in that position. Um, but also, it's kind of interesting just to see how reliant their midfield is on Modric and Cruz and Casemiro. Because when they're playing players like Valverde and Kamavinga, it's very noticeable that um, those other players are missing. So, um, obviously, all three of those um, starters are getting a little bit older, and so they are going to have to start making the switch to Valverde and Kamavinga starting uh, more and more games. So, it'll be interesting to see if they can... I mean, it'll, it'll be near impossible to come to the prowess of those three players, but it'll be interesting to see if they can be good enough just to keep this Madrid team going. Uh, do you guys want to talk about the game today, uh, Liverpool and Villarreal? Uh, I watch it. It was honestly disappointing from <laughs> Villarreal. Um, I watched the highlights and I um, watched some breakdowns of how they... Um, how they beat Bayern, where they weren't really afraid of actually passing. Um, well, a lot of teams that are kind of this far in the tournament and aren't supposed to be there are kind of like in that low block where they kind of just like defend and then pump it forward to attackers to run on. Villarreal don't do that. They really try to pass out of the back and break down a team, a team's press. A team like Liverpool and Bayern, who do press a lot in the final third, and then kind of go from there. I think their quality was off today, and Liverpool's press is just slightly that that much better than Bayern's press. That it really threw them off the game, and the fact that Moreno was injured, I feel like they had less quality in their attack, um, and they really couldn't replicate what they did. At Bayern in Liverpool tonight, whatever today tonight. Um, so I think part it's of kind it, of disappointing. I think part of it is the fact that Liverpool's defense is just that much better than Juventus and uh, Bayern Munich. Um, like Liverpool with Virgil Van Dijk and both those outside wingbacks. Canate um, was playing today and he played well. Um, but mainly those other three, some of the best back four in the, in the world. So I think compared to um, Bayern Munich's defense, which has kind of been very leaky this season, um, not very secure, I do think that plays a factor because they're not, Villarreal don't have as many chances to kind of get a break on or to do any sort of hold-up play with Van Dijk back there. Um, similarly for Juventus, you know, Juventus doesn't have as strong of a back line these days. Um, so I do think that plays a factor. But Tom, I do agree with you. Um, they didn't kind of have the same tenacity that they've had against these other two teams. Um, and once they let in that first goal, which was a, a bit unlucky, um, I think the goalkeeper should have done a little bit better there. But either way, it went in. Um, and then Mane put that second goal away, um, which was a very nice goal. So... I do think it is a, a big task to have ahead of them. Um, that being said, we have seen them do kind of some incredible things this Champions League run. Um, obviously, just coming up against 
Juventus and Bayern Munich and getting through both those teams is a huge feat in and of itself. Uh, but I do think they're going to have to come up with something very special to um, get past Liverpool, who, um, you know, one of the best teams in the world, no doubt. So, yeah, nice I think, yeah, I watched it and I think besides the scoreline, which is obviously what matters, I thought Villarreal played almost an identical game um, as they did against Byron. I mean, Villarreal over two legs had two shots on goal and had two goals, right? Today they had one shot, um, no shots on goal, but it was similar to Liverpool dominating the game. Byron dominated those two legs, just Byron was not able to, you know, score. And Liverpool was able to score two times today, um, and Villarreal just weren't able to, to counter like they were against Byron, and I think a lot of that has to do with how Bayern, you know, lined up. Um, I think there was just a lot of craziness in the back where Davies was supposed to play, a lot of things like that. But, I mean, 2-0, the first goal was unfortunate, like you said, Harry. Um, and I think it's going to be super difficult for Villarreal to come out of this. Um, but, yeah, it was honestly kind of a boring game when I watched. So, And another, what, what I wanted to say was, Another great game from Thiago. Um, I'm so, like, as a Bundesliga and as a Bayern fan, I'm so happy to see him get this recognition um, that, honestly, he deserves. And, I mean, as a Bayern fan, I've seen him do this for the last seven years at Bayern. Um, and I feel like no one else really saw that, maybe outside of people watching the Bundesliga. Um, and I remember early in, in this season, people were knocking Thiago, saying he's not able to play in the Premier League because he struggled early on. Um, and now everyone sees how, how great of a player he is. So I'm super, super happy he's playing that way. Um, yeah, no, I agree. Tiger had another great game. And I think, um, but I guess that being said, I don't know if Liverpool um, would be pleased with their game. Um, I think two goals is good. Obviously, they weren't really worried about conceding, but I do think they would have liked to get a couple more goals. Um, it obviously took them, um, you know, all the way till the something like the 55th minute or something like that um, for a goalkeeper to make a mistake um, for them to get their first goal. So I do think there's room for improvement from them um, and room for critiques um, from their performance because um, this Liverpool side should be winning this game, you know, three or four true goals uh, to zero. So um, and that's not even to discredit Villarreal. It's just how good this Liverpool team has been playing. Um, so I do think there's room for improvement um, from them, and that um, kind of shows that Villarreal were doing something right. Um, they did frustrate this Liverpool team and made it hard for them to um, to even, to get chances and to also uh, finish those chances. Yeah, they played... Their possession game really helped um, kind of slow the game down in the first half. I thought it was... I think the first half was honestly pretty even. Um, while Liverpool kind of had the chances, they kind of had kind of half chances, and Villarreal really had some possession and slowed the game down, which is a good game plan when you're at at Anfield, you know. So I think it's going to be a struggle to actually come up with more than two goals against this Liverpool to Sky. So. Honestly, it's going to be a all English final, in my opinion. 
Yeah, is that, is that the so second year in a row, and then um, three and four, I think, because uh, four years ago, or Tottenham, uh, Liverpool. Tottenham, Liverpool, and then the year after that was that Madrid or no? It was Munich, but who did Munich beat? PSG. Thanks. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, so a lot of a lot of English football around these days. A lot of money going on over there, obviously. Um, but let's move away from that. Max, um, I hear that something happened in this Inter game today. I didn't watch yeah. it, but yeah, 80th minute. It, so they were tied one-one. Uh, it was Inter versus. Uh, let's see. Yeah, this yeah Bologna. Perisic throws a ball back on a throw-in to their goalkeeper, and goalkeeper just whiffs at the ball, and it trickles in, and the Bologna player Offer. just taps it. Off a throw-in <laughs> from the side. Throws it back to the keeper. Keeper, it's not Handanovic, because he had, I think, a back injury or something. It's the backup. He tries to kick it with his left foot, and the ball's moving from left to right, whiffs it, and they lose 2-1. Dude, and that's quite, bad. Quite possibly loses, yeah, loses them the league. Probably. That's you bad. Because so, are they with... Do anyone have the current like standings up? Yeah. So they was, lost the game, Max, then? Yeah, they lost 2-1, and they're two points behind Milan now. And they're all... With, uh, no games in hand. So Wow. That's bad. <laughs> it's very unfortunate. It's, yeah, Where so AC Milan's... Dude, go AC Milan. Yeah. Ibrahimovic said he's not going to retire until he brings Milan a, a championship. Scudetto. Oh, really? Well, good for him. Yeah, so... Looking looking likely, I guess. Um, dude, that's bad. I feel like goalkeeping is the such a challenging position because when you make a mistake, it's like all eyes on you. You know, if right. a striker misses a shot that they should be scoring... Um, you know, it's like, okay, there are other chances in the game or whatnot. But if you let in a goal like that, it's you lost the game. Yeah. Um, which is, I mean, that's too bad that Handanovic had a injury because in a time like this, towards the end of the season, um, making a switch like that is, um, I'm sure, not in any coach's um, best interest or, you know, what they want to be doing. Yeah. Um, it shocks me it, yeah, it shocks me how a lot of goalkeepers are just not that good with their feet. You know, I mean, they're around the soccer ball, football all day. They practice all the time. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know why it's so difficult for a lot of them to, like, make simple passes. I'm wondering passes, if it's just, you know? like, pressure, you know? If it's just, yeah. like, okay, they're getting nervous. They almost have too much time to think of it, especially on a throw in. Um, they can see it, you know, dribbling back to them, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost, like, too much time to think. Yeah. So that's that's unfortunate. I'm answer. glad I'm not a goalkeeper. Yeah. yeah. I feel like yeah. goalkeepers represent what a normal person would look like on the soccer field when they play with their feet. <laughs> Honestly, like because they're not they're not picked, they're not in the league because of their ball skills. I mean, modern modern a lot of modern keepers are, um, but I feel like if you're going to be pressed by a like a a professional attack, Sadio Mane. Sadio Mane. You're gonna you're gonna freak out a little bit. Like I I would I would do the same mm-hmm. things. I would, I would just like scuff kicks all over the place. Um, yeah. So especially like a backup keeper keeper, I feel for the guy. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. what we saw. We talked about this last week with Zach Stefan. You know, getting closed down by Sadio. Um, mm-hmm. So 
Yeah. That was tough. What um, about, oh, I was just going to say, what about Bayern Munich winning the 10th consecutive Bundesliga? Dude. Let's go! Ooh. Yeah. Let's go. Real, real close one there. Yeah. Against our rivals, too. It always feels good to beat Dortmund to win the league. Yeah. So I'm happy it ended like that. No, that is fun. Um, you know, I see that. But also, like, 10 in a row. Like, I mean, obviously, an achievement, no doubt. That's um, huge for for Bayern. But I don't know if that's good for the Bundesliga. Um, yeah. I think um, PSG almost just did the same thing. I don't know if they're at 10 or not. but No, because um, Lille won it. last year, right? Oh, that is true, actually. Yeah, you're right. Um, which is, like, shocking to them. But I guess, yeah, I mean, it's... You can look at it like it's not great for the Bundesliga. There's not that much competition. Um, but as a Bayern fan, and as Bayern Munich is probably thinking this too, like, what are they going to do? Like, lose? Do you expect them to lose? Oh, and make yeah, it it's not their problem. Yeah. You know? So, um, and then when they go and buy their the best players from Leipzig or Dortmund or whoever it may be, it's really up to those teams to not sell to them. You know? Like, you have that in... Um, in the Premier League, like you rarely have someone from Chelsea going to City or um, Manchester City selling someone to United. Like that rarely happens. Um, but in the Bundesliga, it, it kind of happens pretty often. I mean, Hummels coming from Bayern, Götze, um, you know, a ton of players. So, but I'm, I mean, I'm happy. We need more Marco Royces in the Bundesliga. Yeah, yeah, the loyalist man in football. I <laughs> know. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, obviously, like, great for Bayern. Um, I think just as, like, a neutral fan of the Bundesliga, um, that's part of the reason I don't really watch it that much because I'm like, okay, I just gonna, I'm going to watch Bayern dominate everyone every week. That's why, honestly, I would rather watch, like, Leipzig, Leverkusen than I would Bayern versus Dortmund um, just because I feel like there's more chance in the game. Does that make sense? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No, that makes sense. I think um, one of the things that I think about when I watch the Bundesliga is I honestly think the Bundesliga has the most raw young talent out of the top five leagues, if I'm being honest. Um, I think there's a ton of players in the Premier League that really got their big break in the Bundesliga. So when I watch these players play in the Bundesliga five years from now, they'll probably be stars in the Premier League. I mean, if you think of top players in the Prem, Kevin De Bruyne, Hungman Son, uh, Granit Xhaka, Leroy Sané, um, Bernd Leno, Gundogan. I mean, there's Aubameyang. I mean, they all played in the Bundesliga first, and that's where they developed. And then, obviously, the Premier League has the money. They have, you know, the best teams. Um, but it's so fun to watch, you know, the Bundesliga develop these players at a very young age. Um, so that's, I think, one of the big joys I have when watching the, those teams. Yeah, I feel like, yes, the Bundesliga has brought a lot of talent um, to the Premier League, um, though there are a lot of busts as well. You can think, see Timo Werner has not played out as, as we hoped. Um, I feel like, I'm not sure, I, I looked at... I saw a stat a while ago that um, the steepest drop-off in terms of goals and assists uh, between leagues, between players that come from the Bundesliga, 
um, La Liga, all these other leagues to the Premier League comes from the Bundesliga. They score um, a lot less goals when they come to um, the Premier League compared to players that are coming from La Liga, coming from um, <clears throat> where, Syria. Um, but I feel like it is a pretty big pipeline. Um, every year there's a lot of players that come and that could be just, um, due to the, just like the sheer amount of players that are coming through. Um, and, uh, just because there's a steep drop off doesn't mean, um, in a few years, these players are going to be pretty good. You see that with like Kevin De Bruyne, he comes in a few years later, he's one of the better players in the, the Prem. So, I don't know, I still, it's still kind of boring to watch a lot of these teams when they have nothing to play for. And I feel like it's it's boring for Bayern if they don't win. Like, are you, like, were you excited about the rest of the season once you were out of the Champions League and once you were out of the, the Pokal? I feel like, similar to PSG, like, what is their, it's not like the grand like it's not an achievement to do that yeah well i think i think it is still an achievement but Bayer definitely did not have the year that they wanted this year and i think there's a lot there's a lot of things that are happening behind the scenes now with Lewandowski possibly going to barcelona i know there are meetings with his agent i think tonight um and barcelona is discussing a 30 million to 35 million dollar move um, and I think Lewandowski is willing to take a pay cut as well. Um, but we could see some changes in this Bayern team. Serge Gnabry, whether his contract's going to be extended or not, is Bayern going to fully commit to the back three like Nagelsmann wants? Um, or, you know, are they going to go back to the standard uh, four in the back that Bayern Munich has really always played? Um, I think that was a big topic this year was the flip-flop back and forth between games. And um, just player personnel, a lot of the recent, since they won the Champions League in 2020, a lot of the recent transfers haven't panned out. I know one of the biggest transfers they're looking at to sign right away is Masrawi from Ajax. Um, he'll fit in right in that right back, right wing back position. And if they can land that, maybe they will play the three in the back and have Davies and Masrawi as those wing backs. Um, but definitely not the year that Bayern had hoped for. They still won the league, which is an accomplishment, but 5-1 loss in the Pokal, and then obviously uh, losing out to Villarreal in the Champions League um, is obviously disappointing. But every year they're, they're battling for the Champions League. I think it's been, you know, I don't know how many times they've made it to the semis, but it's been a lot recently and unfortunately we weren't able to make it this year but Champions League is always the goal. Max, I'm thinking about your point about the Bundesliga having so many young talents um, and not that I disagree that there's not young talent there but I think like compared to the Premier League there's not as much young talent. Um, I think there's more kind of under the radar hidden players um, but you can compare it to all the young talent in the Premier League um, I don't think it really compares. Um, you know, I think I can think of, you know, Giorena, Jude Bellingham, uh, Florian Burtz, all in the Bundesliga, but then we can think about all these players um, in the Premier League 
that are just unbelievable for their age. Um, you know, Phil Foden, Kai Havertz, Mikai Osaka, uh, Martinelli, all these players are just so good. And I think the like vast amount of quality in the Premier League, I think just, um, I don't think the Bundesliga can really compare, if I'm being honest. Well, Kai came from the Bundesliga. I know, yeah, so Kai maybe is not the best example, but I, I'm just saying, like, in general, I think there's so much more young talent in the Premier League, mm-hmm. um, or so much, like, better. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's um, just, I was just thinking about that, because I was, I, I normally do think the Bundesliga has all these good young players, and a lot of them do come to the Premier League. Um, you know, we can think about Timo, Kai, and Pulisic all on Chelsea, um, mm-hmm. coming over pretty young. Um, so obviously that all that talent did all come from there, but you know then we have Mason Mount, Phil Foden, and um, so many, so many more players from the Premier League, at least in my eyes. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of um, there's a lot of players that might not pan out in the Premier League right away. Um, maybe someone like Gnabry um, from Arsenal that went to the Bundesliga and then really thrived, or someone like Jaden Sancho who was on Manchester City's academy, right? And then he goes to Dortmund. He plays incredibly well and now is on United. Um, So I definitely think, I think Bundesliga has really created kind of a pipeline almost for Americans too. You see a lot of Americans now playing in the Bundesliga and for us, that's super exciting to watch, right? Um, So I definitely think because the Bundesliga overall um, talent-wise is probably less than the Premier League and I think we can all agree on that. Um, it gives a lot more people uh, a chance to play, I think is maybe a better way of saying it. Um, you see a lot more. Yeah. Under no, I, I agree with that, definitely. So. All right. No, I mean, I, I fully agree that that is what makes the Bundesliga exciting. You know, there might not be the competition for, for the title, really, but there still is a lot of other exciting, young, talented players there um, that are still exciting to watch. Um, and I... This is a separate note, kind of, but I don't know if you all saw that Araujo just signed a new contract with Barcelona um, with a $1 billion release clause, which makes him the fourth Barca player to have a billion-dollar release clause, I think. Uh, The other ones, I think Pedri, Ferran Torres, um, and maybe... Oh, what's that? Ferran Torres, Pedri... Fati, maybe? Yeah, and Ansu Fati, yeah. Ansu Fati. I'll have a, a billion dollar release calls, which is ridiculous. And I think that has to do something. Um, there's some reasoning that they're so high in Spain, because um, they're obviously just unrealistic. Um, but regardless, it's still kind of funny to see. Um, well, I mean, that's another thing. There's so many, a lot of young players at Spain, but also um, a lot of young players specifically on Madrid and... Uh, FC Barcelona that just play every game and are obviously very, very talented, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what makes it fun in my eyes. I think it's fun to see all these young players um, out there, so. Tommy, you been um, quiet? I don't really have much to say. I don't know. A billion, <laughs> like, what's up with the release clauses? Because, like, even if they have a release clause, they can still be bought, right? So why why have it at all? I think it's, I mean, it's just a safety net, basically. Well, I, a lot of times it's the players want to have a, a release clause in there um, so that, well, it doesn't really make sense with a, a billion dollar release clause, but a lot of times players want a release clause so that they can't be stuck. You know, if they really don't get along with the team, 
Um, and then another team kind of hears about that and they're willing to pay the release clause, then the player basically has an out um, instead of having to wait the length of their contract. Uh, the billion dollars, I don't really understand. I, it might be because, I, like, we should just look this up is what we should do, but it might be something like these contracts have to have a release clause or something so that it's max them out, basically, so there is not a release clause. Um, I don't know exactly what it is, but... Speaking of Spain, um, I think one thing that we can talk about is Tony Rudiger uh, seemingly uh, has made an agreement with Real Madrid. Um, he's announced officially that he's leaving Chelsea, um, and it's, you know, I think probably a couple days till we hear the here we go, um, that he is on his way to Madrid. Um, I think that's just a huge loss for Chelsea. Um, I think... Obviously, that is due to the sanctions and them not being able to uh, re-sign him. But that being said, they have had years to put him on a new contract and to extend him. So I think that's really an error by Chelsea um, for letting his contract get down this low. Um, I think it's just bad, bad player management um, and financial management, obviously, or also because he's a huge asset just walking out the door for for free. So yeah, I think. think? Yeah, it's it's tough, right? Because Rudiger is one of the best center backs in the world, but from Chelsea's perspective, they're also losing Christensen and Aspilqueta as well, you know? So those are three starters on their team. I think Aspi might stay. That one's still up in there. I don't know. Okay, yeah. yeah. So hopefully he stays, but Rudiger out the door is really unfortunate. And from the Madrid side of things, that just adds immediately so much depth to their team. Um and it'll be interesting to see how they end up lining up. My guess is that he starts at center back with Militao and they slide Alaba out left instead of Mendy. Um, I think Alaba just gives them much more going forward than Mendy does. Um, but it could also just be a tactical thing and they can switch around different games, have Rudiger play right next to Alaba and still start Mendy. Um, and maybe have Militao be a backup just for depth. Um, but yeah, that's that's a big pickup for Madrid if they can land him. Yeah, I even think he fits into the Madrid squad as well as he would with like a uh -oh. three in the back system. But it doesn't matter because Madrid is just picking up a player that's gonna be he's in his prime, one of the best defenders in the world, and getting him for yes, they're gonna probably pay him a decent amount, but getting him for free really reduces that cost over <clears throat> his contract period. Um, I think what comes to mind is how long the uh, sale of Chelsea has taken because when it was announced that Abramovich was going to sell it and the sanctions were applied um, it seemed it seemed like crazy but it there seemed to be an out which would be this club would be quickly sold and then we could get back to trying to sign these players and get back to um, just like fixing our, our squad it didn't seem like a crisis um, when the UK government basically said we'll facilitate the sale. Um, the fact that, I don't know, has it been like two months at this point? Yeah. I think, yeah, it was, initially, it was first put up for sale in um, some, sometime in March, and then the sanctions were also placed um, right. it's shortly been a, thereafter. It's been a while. So um, I feel like I assumed at this point we would be able to try um, to retain Rudiger or to retain Christensen. So that's kind of a bummer. But it's also just um, a culmination of 
Chelsea's transfer policy in the last um, last like five to ten years of not retaining players, not not really giving chances to players within their youth system. Um, and you see that with Guehi's gone, Tamori's gone, the backups that would be um, in the squad if Ruger left are no longer there. And the players that were just like so purchase happy, you know, like say, like we'd rather buy the next yeah. hot thing rather than um, keep a core group of players. And that's a detriment to the team. And that's the main reason why um, it's like similar to Manchester United of why we can't compete with Liverpool and Man City because they had periods of three three to four years under Klopp and under Pep where they built slowly built a team and built a core of players and then with that core kind of just like replacing parts as they go along and we don't have that incubation period because we're just so short-sighted um, and we're never going to be able to compete with those teams unless they crash or we change our strategy. I think we're going to be forced to change our strategy. Um, I think that trigger happiness was because of Abramovich. Um, I think because he did have money to throw at the club uh, basically endlessly. Um, and then also his management style where he only, well, where he will fire a coach after, um, you know, half a bad season. Um, so I think that will have to change and Chelsea will have to, or, you know, depending on the new owner, but it's, more likely that they will adopt a new strategy with a little bit of a um, longer, like you said, incubation period and stuff like that, um, and probably give the managers a little bit more leeway, um, which I'm kind of excited to see. Um, I do think that is one of the reasons, like you said, Tom, why um, Pep and Klopp are able to have these phenomenal teams, um, is because they were given a little bit more of a chance. Um, and so I really do hope that Whoever the new owner is gives Tuchel that time um, and also the funds to, you know, build his team um, and do with, with the club what he wants. Um, specifically to Rudiger, I am disappointed to see him walk out the door, um, but I'm also kind of coming to terms with that at least and not being too frustrated because if you think about it, Rudiger's time at Chelsea um, hasn't been exceptional. Um, it's really been this last season and a half under Tuchel where he's, you know, basically has been reborn as a player um, and become one of these top defenders in the world. So, you know, looking back three years, Rudiger was not all that. And so, although he's great now, um, you know, I guess I'm trying to rationalize their sale, but um, needless to say, they will need a big replacement. Um, I don't think Chalaba or um, Malang Sar can fill those shoes. Um, So they will likely have to buy um, I think two more high-profile high defenders. I think Tuchel said earlier today or this week um, that they're basically just going to need to do surgery to the back line um, because two core players are leaving um, and maybe a third in Azpilicueta. So um, it'll definitely be a ambitious summer um, and an expensive summer for Chelsea. So Are we going to start um, we'll up see. those Day rumors? Yeah, well, I think I think they'll sign Kunde. I don't see why they wouldn't, because um, from what I've seen, really, that's the only player that I've heard Tuchel kind of request or seemingly request. Um, that's kind of the player he wants. 
um, similar to my part with Chilwell. So I do think that, um, you know, for to make a manager happy, you kind of have to give them at least one player that they really want. So I think um, they would sign Kunde. Um, I think Kunde and Tuchel were both very upset when the deal didn't happen over the summer last year. Um, and Kunde is a you know fast defender. He could play one of those outside center back roles. So um, I do think he could could fit in there well, and I do think he will likely be signed. Um, I'm more curious to see who that additional signing will be, since it does seem like. Um, they're already talking about signing. Yeah, I second. agree. I think Kunde is necessary if we're going to be able to play the same style that we are playing under Tuchel. Because a lot of times Rudiger is the guy that will um, actually take the initiative when we're playing pretty slowly and kind of bring an extra player into the attack. Of the four players, the center backs and Jorginho that just stay back, Rudiger is the guy that comes forward and really just like kind of it's like a a break almost like in pool where you just like kind of create some chaos and stuff happens and other than that it just like kind of stagnates so Kunde is probably gonna fill that role it depends who's gonna be on the the left side because um, he's pretty good at like ball progression yeah, too isn't he yeah listen I think he has like a couple goals or something yeah. for Sevilla. He's got the aggressiveness of Rudiger for Yeah, he does. Too. That's what has to go. He gets so many red cards or cards in general. Um, but there's, I think there's something to be said for that also. Um, I think we see Naup trying to be the bad boy on the field. He doesn't really have the same level of strength that Rudiger does, so I don't think it really carries over the same. But um, there's something to be said about having an aggressive He's defender the... for sure. So. 81st percentile for progressive passes and 91st for progressive That's carries. Good. So <clears throat> he's that guy for Sevilla. Definitely puts two goals game plan. Um, yeah, interesting. Um, well, I think kind of in tandem with that, it will be interesting to see um, the sale of Chelsea. Um, I think there was a meeting, I believe today or tomorrow, um, which apparently is kind of the final... Final meeting regarding the sale, I do think the bank is going to finalize the decision very shortly, um, which will be interesting to see and will give us a chance to kind of get on with things um, as a team. So I'm ex- definitely excited for that to happen. Um, it will be interesting to see kind of who comes out um, and who gets who gets picked. Um, but hopefully they have the the club at heart um, and not the dollar bills, although maybe that's... Yeah. Yeah, at this that's point, I, we'll see. I don't even follow all the rumors because I feel like it's it's been like they've been narrowing it down and then also while they narrow it down, I hear about more and more buyers that are coming, uh, potentially buying the club every, every week. So I have no idea who's going to actually buy the club, but I hope it's going to be... I hope it's going to be a... It's uh, an owner that actually will take the time to rebuild the club to get to the Liverpool um, Man City level. That's that's all I hope. Rational owners. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, yeah. Um, well, I'm, I'm hopeful. Um, I'm excited either way just to get it over with um, so we can actually kind of start to look yeah. forward and not be stuck like this. Um so I think that's definitely good either way. Um, that being said, let's jump into uh, match of the week. 
Um, we are going to go with, well, actually, let's recap the um, last week's match of the week, um, which was Arsenal Man United. Um, ding, ding, ding for me. Uh, I score correct. 3-1 Arsenal. So that, I don't have the scores in front of me, but that does tie Max and my score. So I'm no longer fully in the hot seat. Now I'm sharing it with Max. Max, are you getting a little nervous over there? I'm sweating right now. <laughs> yeah, well, we gotta catch. You know, all of eyes have been on me the whole time, but um, you know, I'm making a, I'm making a late, late jump. So I'm feeling very confident. I'm feeling that first, that title position is well within reach. So um, that being said, this coming match of the week um, will be Leipzig versus. Uh, Rangers in the Europa League, so uh, this game's actually tomorrow, so by the time um, you all are hearing this, the results will be out, but um, be able to hear our commentary uh, and see how close we can get, so um, Max, seeing that you are, are in the hot seat, I'll keep you there um, when you're up first. Um, I'm going to go with the Bundesliga boys. Um, let's go. I feel like there have been some high-scoring Europa League games, so I'm going to say... 3-1 Leipzig. I'm riding with that. Alright. You know, um, I don't really... I don't think I've ever really watched Rangers. But I know they have Kamara, the guy on Scotland's national team. I've liked what I saw from him from over the Euros. That's the last time I, I watched him. Um, and probably... Leipzig's probably gonna... Aaron Ramsey. Oh, shit. Fair enough. Yeah, I'll probably say 2-1 Leipzig because they just got a lot of players, you know? They got a lot of players, you know? They, they probably have more players than Rangers, if I if I had to guess. <laughs> Strictly body count. Strictly guy, body yeah. count. We'll and get them across the line. I'll go 2-1. Two, two, um, hmm. No, this is a tough one. Um. I think I've watched more Europa League than both of nice you have. Um, <laughs> no, well, I don't know. I, we normally talk about the games and you guys don't watch them, but um, I think Rangers are good. Um, I think they've put on a pretty good show so far. Um, I do. I forget who they played last round, and they did have a little bit more trouble um, than previous, previous opposition in the Europa League. Um, and Leipzig are very kind of high scoring these days. Um, I think I'm going to go with a 2-2 draw, though. Um, I think this one's going to be decided in the second leg. Um, I think we're going to see some action. Um, and I got to go for, I'm going for the win here. So I'm not going for, um, I'm not going for the equal point if we all guess Leipzig. So that's a strategic move in there as well. Um, so I'm going for a draw, 2-2. Um, we'll see. Um, but I think that wraps it up for this week's episode. Um, thank you to everyone who watched and listened. Um, be sure to check out our new segment that we have going on our YouTube, uh, where we answer some quick questions uh, and shorter form videos, uh, somewhere between five to 10 minutes. Um, those will be coming out every Thursday, or no, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. Uh, but be sure to check those out. Uh, and thank you for all for watching. See you next week. Peace.